If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to John chapter 12. And it's amazing what our kids can teach us and show us and demonstrate to us about the gospel and about just simple simplicity and trust. How is they sing and as how I know our kids these past few weeks have been saying, do not be anxious about anything. I've shared with you from the back of our minivan on several occasions as Brittany and I have been stressed about whatever life is bringing us at that particular moment. Our kids just seem to, at just the right time, in just the right way, sing out those words, do not be anxious. It's incredible what our kids can remind us about simple faith and simple trust. That if we would have that kind of trust and faith to say, yes, Lord, I trust in you. I I want to trust in you like I see a child just trust for their daily needs and their daily uh, nourishment, their daily whatever is from their parents. I just want to trust in you in that same way. What a beautiful gift of faith that would be to each one of us as we recognize that what we see in our kids. Well, this morning, let's turn our attention to John chapter 12. We've come to Palm Sunday, and we are preparing our hearts for this Easter season, and Palm Sunday is on the pathway to Easter, and so let's read John chapter 12, starting in verse 12 and moving through verse 19. The next day, the large crowd that had come to feast heard that Jesus was coming coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and were out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things that had been written about him had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Nazareth, Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went out to meet him was that they had heard that he had done this sign. Verse 19, so the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, help us. We want to be attentive to your spirit today, Lord. Lord, we want to be ready to receive and Lord, everything that we've done up to this point, this past hour, has led us to this moment in time where we, we open our hearts to receive your word, to come to a time of invitation that we would invite you to, uh, into our hearts, into our lives to, to reflect your glory better. Lord, help us in these next few moments to put away distractions and different things that would be coming at our hearts and minds now and just ask the simple question, Lord, I'm ready. Whatever you would desire in my life, Lord, we are ready. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, there's three, three simple points that I want us to look at this morning and that Palm Sunday would point us to. We want Palm Sunday to point us ultimately to Jesus, but Palm Sunday is like a a sign in the road that would point us in the right direction, that would point us towards Easter and ultimately point us to Jesus. So three simple places in which Palm Sunday would point us in the right direction. First, you see uh, Palm Sunday points us, your first blank on your outline is points us to Jesus's victory. Palm Sunday points us towards Jesus's victory. You see, as Jesus comes into Jerusalem, uh, they took palm branches and began crying out with a loud voice, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As our kids came in this morning waving palm branches, palm branches was a reminder uh, of this victory that Jesus would win. 
People are coming in believing that Jesus was going to win the victory, so they're waving these palm branches as a sign of victory. I mean, if you look on your outlines at Revelation 7, 9 through 10, you see in the book of Revelation, a, a, a book that we love to quote to, to look forward into this future day when every tribe and tongue would be around the throne singing praise and glory and honor to Jesus. Look and see what it says. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb clothed in white robe, robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne to the Lamb. So here in the book of Revelation, you see this multitude upon multitude upon multitudes of people that no numbers could ever come up with, waving palm branches as a cry of victory, saying salvation, it belongs to our God. And here as they wave these palm branches, they're yelling out, Hosanna! Hosanna, which is simple, their cry that means save us now. The people waving palm branches saying, save us now. As they wave palm branches signifying the victory that would be won. But we need to understand in depth, what is this victory that has been won? Now you see in verse 16, if you look down on your outline, verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered all these things that had been spoken. Over and over again, as we look through the book of Mark, we've seen Jesus do miraculous things, right? He heals lepers. He calls demons out of people. He demonstrates his authority in so many different ways. And what does he do after he does these things? Does he say, hey, go tell everybody who I am. Go to the mountainside and tell everybody what I've done. Or does he say, don't tell anybody, right? My time is not yet here. He always tells the demons not to share who he is yet, that his time has not yet come. And here, as Jesus comes in on this donkey, his time is now here. Yes, the people don't fully understand what Jesus is about, what he's going to do, and the ultimate victory that he's going to win. For those crying out, Hosanna, waving the palm branches, they believe that Jesus and all the miraculous things that he has been able to accomplish, the healings of the demon-possessed, the dissolving of leprosy. They believe Jesus is riding in to quench up the armies and overtake the authorities and that Jesus would come in and make all the injustices that they felt go away in a moment and in an instant and bring a new rule and reign on this side of heaven. But is that what Jesus came to do? See, Palm Sunday points us to ultimately Jesus' victory on the cross ultimately to the time where Jesus would reign victorious over death and sin. See, Jesus came not to just simply bring victory on this side of heaven. Jesus came to bring us eternal victory so that we can look at 1 Corinthians 15 where it says, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, friends, today we can walk in feeling gravely defeated. That We've just been defeated by so many different things in so many different ways. We can walk in with a defeatist spirit. But the truth of the matter is that we serve a risen Savior and we are victorious but let's dive in for just a moment because it's important that we understand what we are victorious over. 
See, it can be easy for us to say we're victorious over so many different earthly things, right? That we want victory in our finances. We want victory in our jobs. We want victory in our speech. That we want to have victory in our sin issues. That we just want victory in things that we see on this side of heaven. But the truth is, until we live in the victory that Jesus has won for us and rest in the truth of the victory that Jesus has won, defeating all of our sin and the grave and death, then we don't move on to other things. See, our order of operations has got to be right in this area. See, I've heard so many people say they just want to defeat the devil. They just want to stop sinning in their life. They just want to be victorious over different things in their life. But first and foremost, they don't have a relationship with Jesus to realize the victory in Jesus. This morning, Jesus has won your victory your victory over death, your victory over sin. And so we can cry out with a triumphant cry, death, where is your victory? Sin, where is your sting? There is no more sting in death and sin because Jesus has won our victory. But number two, you see on your outline that Jesus's, Palm Sunday points us to Jesus' fulfillment. See, and here's the people cry out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A cry of Psalm 118, save us now, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Zechariah 9.9, you see on your outline as well. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming. Righteous and having a salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. Palm Sunday points us to Jesus' fulfillment. And 11 verse 10 is, uh, 15, as Jesus comes in on this donkey, it's written, fear not, daughter of Zion. Isaiah 40 and Zechariah 9.9 put together, fear not. We've come in maybe this morning with a lot of feeling of being defeated, but we've also come in at times feeling fearful. Come in feeling afraid of what the future may hold or what's coming our way or not knowing what is around the next corner. But as I look at this story, that generations upon generations upon generations before Jesus rode into this little town on a donkey, that prophets of old foretold that Jesus would come in in this way, His birth and death and resurrection all foretold generations upon generations before, reminding each one of us that God is not some coming down and being thrown off guard in some cosmic accident of what's happened. And he's saying, oh, sin is coming to this world. I've got to figure out a way to make this all right, that God has known beyond generation upon generation that Jesus would come onto the scene in just this way. And so as Jesus rides in on this donkey, it's a reminder, fear not, that this is not some happenstance of heaven. That God is wonderfully in control, that he is working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I can look at this instance of Jesus walking in on a donkey, riding in on a donkey, knowing that this has been foretold generations before, knowing that God is in control, that this is not something that just happened, that God sent this guy to come down and save us from our sins, that this has been foretold generations and generations before. And so we can have confidence in what God is doing now presently. Palm Sunday points us to Jesus' fulfillment, but it also gives us great hope in this day. Over and over and over in the Bible, we see the words recorded, fear not. 
As the angels came to the shepherds and the wise men, what is their first words that come from their mouths? Fear not. There's great anxiety in our days. There's so many things that come our way, and the angels record it over and over. Fear not. And as Jesus rides in, you see they're reminded, fear not. Your Savior is coming in, riding on this donkey. Not just anything's happening, but this has been foretold generations upon generations before. And so what does this mean for you and me? And as I look back at the story of my life and see the different ways in which the God has taken us, at times in which I felt so afraid, so fearful, not knowing what God is doing, anxious about situations that I've come to, not understanding what the Lord is doing, how he would allow certain things to come at certain times and being frustrated at what I see God doing. I can go back and see over and over and over and over and over and over and over in scripture and in my life personally. God continues to work everything together for the good of those who love him. And there are times, yes, I don't think I can understand it completely. Times I come to it and say, God, I don't get this. I don't understand. But over and over and over again, friends, you see God's purpose and plan that he is not simply just figuring things out and scrambling the fighter jets of heaven down to get things and situations figured out, that he is firmly in control. From generations past, he is firmly in control. And so for me, That leads me to a place to say, yes, Lord, to not be afraid. Because of how I've seen his past faithfulness, it points each of us to future obedience, to be faithful today, knowing that, Lord, you are in control. Lord, you are good. I I trust in you. I trust that you are working these things together. I don't understand them. I don't get them. But, Lord, I see that you are working these things from the very beginning of Genesis to where we are In 2021, Lord, I know that you are here. And so as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion. Your king is coming, sitting on a donkey, which would lead us here to Jesus' purpose. As Jesus comes in on this colt, this donkey, we see Jesus' purpose clearly displayed. That his purpose now has been to come and to die. To die for your sins and my sins and the sins of the whole world. You see in John 2, it's also recorded when therefore he was raised from the dead. His disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture that the word that Jesus had spoken. And again, in verse 16 of our text today, his disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered these things that were written about him and have been done to him. In these moments, the disciples still are not quite understanding what's going on. But in that moment when Easter Sunday happens and Jesus is raised from the dead, everything clicks because everything leads us to Easter. In that moment when Jesus died on the cross and raised from the dead, everything clicked in that moment. Everything that Jesus had spoken and taught them clicked in that moment and Jesus' purpose was made clear. Verse 19, when the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world is going after him. The very thing that Jesus had come to do. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son that if we would believe in him, we would not perish, but we would have everlasting life. And as the Pharisees look at this situation, as they see Jesus coming down, and as the disciples and the people cry out that this is the coming king, the Messiah, 
It's recorded in Matthew that Jesus is coming down and the disciples are calling out these things and the, the Pharisees rebuke and say, Jesus, you've got to stop your disciples from saying who you are. You've got to stop them from saying that you're the Messiah. And in other places all throughout Scripture before this moment, Jesus would tell the people to be silent. But here, he says, if they didn't, the rocks would cry out. So Jesus' purpose is being made clear. Friends, as we work our way into Easter, as we recognize Jesus' purpose would come into this earth to die, to be glorified, in these last few moments, I just want to give us three quick points to live in light of Easter. And just from my heart, I know that this has been a, this has been a weird year. We've talked about it ad at, at nauseum. I, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here, but I, I know that many of you have walked in today You've walked through this past year and just feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. You've gotten out of habits and routines and order and it's just, you feel like life is in chaos. You're turning to things that you never thought you would turn to. You're walking and doing things that you never thought you would do. You're feeling darkness all around you. And at times we need to come to what I would just call an Easter reset. Almost like you come to a new year and you, you flood a new calendar, you get a new calendar and you start all over again. And at times we need to come to this moment of Easter and allow it to be your Easter reset. Almost like recalibrating your clocks. I don't know if any of you have analog clocks anymore, but when daylight savings time came, it seemed like every clock in the house was just a little bit off, right? The microwave, the oven, the cars are all off and you get into a car and everything just seems to be a little bit off. You don't really know what time it is. You don't know if you change that one. Is it really 2 o'clock? Is it 1 o'clock? You don't really know. And what do you do? You go around and you calibrate your clocks so that you can live accordingly. You know what time it is. You're not late. You don't show up late to different places. And at times, friends, we just simply need to recalibrate our souls to the frequency of the Lord. And so as we walk into this week of Easter... As we prepare our hearts, and we have so many different opportunities this Wednesday for Easter communion, this Friday for a Good Friday service, and as we come to Easter, I want us to prepare our hearts and calibrate our hearts to the Lord's frequency. So how do we do that? First, as you see on your outline, simply rejoice. If the Lord has won your victory, if you are living in the victory of the Lord, then you simply rejoice over it. This morning as Dolly was baptized, I wish y'all could have been back in the, in the little room back there as we were getting ready. She was just shaking with excitement and anticipation. Her smile was radiant on her face, overjoyed at what this meant for her, what her heart was stirring toward. That lady is victoriously living in celebration right now over what the Lord has done in her life. As we come to live in light of Easter, friends, we rejoice do you recognize what Jesus has done in your heart and in your soul to take all of your sins away as far as the east is from the west that should provoke in you a bit of rejoicing? And as you come to this week, I pray everything would lead you to a heart of rejoicing. As you see a, a beautiful sunset or sunrise, as you walk and just see the beauty of God's creation, that your heart would be attuned to simply rejoicing over what Jesus has done for you. As we come to Easter, everything hinges on this day for us, that Jesus is risen, that he has won your victory. And so we walk as people in victory. When your team wins, anybody rejoice? All right, wonderful. We have some work to do on the rejoicing, okay? When your team wins, you rejoice, yeah? Maybe your brackets are all busted and you forgot how to rejoice, right? 
When your team wins, you rejoice over what that means for you, which it literally means nothing because you didn't do anything. But you still rejoice. We figured out how to rejoice over teams that win that we did nothing and be a part of. In the same way, when Jesus has done the victory for you, you didn't have any part of that. So we still rejoice in it and what he's done for you. We celebrate. We rejoice in the goodness of what the Lord has done for you on this cross by not staying there, but being, by being resurrected by the wonderful power of God. So rejoice with your kids. Celebrate. One of my favorite questions as we come to staff meeting every Tuesday morning is we simply ask this simple question. Where do you see God at work? In some weeks, we have a lot of people share. Some weeks, there's not that much. But as we walk around the room and we just talk and say, I've seen God here in this person. I've seen the Lord working in this person. I've seen the Lord do a mighty work here. I've seen God do this. We simply celebrate. Yes, God is mightily at work. And so a simple thing to celebrate, if you're having trouble celebrating, it's just simply ask your family, ask your friends, ask people that you know have a relationship with the Lord. What is the Lord doing in your life recently? And as you respond, the Lord's been teaching me this, celebrate it. And that's awesome. The Lord is good. We celebrate these good things the Lord is doing. Ask people and rejoice over what the Lord is doing in your life and in the life of people all around you. And y'all know in this room, in just this room, in your Bible fellowship classes as you walk out of this room, the Lord is mightily at work in people's lives, doing incredible, incredible things. And so rejoice, celebrate it, thank the Lord. So we live in light of Easter as we rejoice, but also, secondly, we repent. As you recognize what Jesus did on the cross for you, as you recognize all of your sins taken away, it shouldn't lead you to a place, be a, in a place where you just say, oh, God's grace is good, I'll just keep on sinning because God's grace abounds more and more. No, we continue to say, Lord, I don't want to live in my sin. Lord, I want to repent of it and change and so repent simply means you're going in one direction. You know that it's wrong and you don't just say, I'm sorry, and keep walking in that direction. You repent and you go the opposite direction. You change course. And so living in light of Easter is examining ourselves, saying, Lord, where have I fallen short? Lord, thank you for your cross that saved me from my sin. And I want to repent and reflect your glory better. And lastly, living in light of Easter, how do, you, how do you respond? This week, as we walk towards Easter, how will you respond? How will you respond to the simple truth that Jesus came to this earth, that he lived a sinless, perfect life, that he was crucified to take your sins, my sins, and the sins of the whole world. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. Each of us have a response to that. We can say, yes, this changes everything. I am all in. Or we can say, ah, great Lord, that's good. Or we can reject it outright. The question is, as we come to this week, what is, what is your response? What is your response to the gospel? Let's pray. Dear Lord, help us. Lord, we want to respond accordingly. Lord, we want to respond with an invitation in our hearts towards you.
where we want to we want to give ourselves fully to your work in our lives or when there's fear that begins to creep up in our hearts Lord, we look to this reality of palm sunday in which Lord, you had so made it in this way from generations past and prophets that would foretell of your coming in this way Reminded that, Lord, nothing takes you off guard, that you know us, that you love us, and that you care for us. And somehow, Lord, you are working all things together so we can confidently walk forward into our future. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.